here we go. Welcome to my Camino, my day 31 of Camino on a treadmill. It's James here in Galway, Ireland, retracing my Camino from my treadmill and following BK Lee from South Korea, who is walking, who videoed most of his Camino a few years ago. So there you go, that's the setup. And uh, all I have to do is walk and talk and come up with deep philosophical musings and uh, much hilarity. That's what people are saying this show is all about. The numbers are going a bit crazy at the moment. There goes a car, when Camino. I'm getting, uh, have to get security detail now because just get, I mean, I'm getting hate listens and love listens, but I'm, you know, I'm also getting a bit of a stalker problem. That's okay. It comes comes with the territory, and uh, I'm still staying in my Cullen. I mean, I'm after buying a place in uh, Malibu Beach in um, uh, Los in California, and uh, you know, with with some of my earnings, you kind of have to do that, don't you? couple of Rolexes. Trying to keep them tasteful though, the Rolexes. I'm not going full Conor McGregor yet. Um, so yeah, the fame is tough. I hope it won't change me though. I'm trying to stay sane and grounded. So what have we got for you today? Well, coming up, uh, I was talking to a female friend in America. I'll say no more. Well, no, don't need to identify anyone. But we were just talking about the general topic of online dating, and it's interesting to um, hear it from a female point of view. And, oh, here is BK's friend. Every so often she walks in front of him. I think she's behind him the whole time. If so, she's pretty quiet. So we are still on the road from, well, right now it says San Sol to Vienna. But the overall journey is Los Arcos to, the day's journey for BK is Los Arcos to um, Logroño, which is at the heart of the Rioja wine district. When I walked it, there was a wine festival on when we arrived. But I'm pretty sure the hostel I was in had a curfew. And anyway, if you walk in the Camino, if you're gonna indulge properly in a wine festival, because it looked pretty indulgent from what I saw the next morning. Um, you'd really have to take a day off, I think. I think I did the Camino with not too much time to spare. Well, I no, I, I gave myself five weeks, took two rest days, did it in 34 days. I could have done it quicker, but I could and I couldn't, as we say in Ireland. I could and I couldn't. And I do and I don't, do you know, that kind of a way. BK's waving his hand in front of the camera. What's he trying to do? Is he trying to shake up the GPS on his phone? We'll never know. Lovely blue sky with um, nice fluffy white clouds. Little fluffy clouds. They went on and on forever. Sorry, I'm quoting a song now by the orb. I haven't a clue what he's doing. He's just shaking his hand around. Okay. Maybe he's got um, wrist strain from steady now. 
from using the walking sticks. Don't know how else he could have got it. You at the back of the class, out. None of your lip. Now, let's get some water into me. So I'm here on my treadmill. It is Tuesday evening, we're Easter week. Uh, gonna have Friday off and Monday off. Woo! Still on lockdown though. Can't go anywhere. That's okay, I got my Camino. I feel like I'm, when I do it, I'm traveling. I missed like the last three, or was it four days? So, oh. I'm finding this tougher than the real Camino in some ways. And you know, it shouldn't be. Only an hour a day, but I really have to get up early to do it before work. If I don't, I find it hard to fit it in along with day job, writing, and just general farting about. Hard to fit it all in. The farting about is really important. So coming up, I was chatting to my friend in America, female friend, and we were talking about the propensity of men, certain men, to send certain photographs of certain parts of their anatomy to women as a form of communication on online dating and uh, I had an interesting conversation about it. Uh, my friend was saying, you know, like the aesthetics don't help, you know. She was also saying, I was saying, well, at least you know what you're in for. She said, yeah, but angles are everything. I thought, oh, interesting. I know what she means. Could be deceptive. Gotta, gotta be careful, watch out for those angles. But, but she was also hitting on the whole aesthetic quality, you know? And I was saying, you know, if you're really gonna send a woman a picture of that part of your anatomy as a kind of a way to woo her, <laughs> I wonder did that happen in like, you know, Jane Austen's day? I don't know, I don't think, you never hear about it. I don't, of course I haven't read all her books. I haven't read any of her books, and I hear she's great. Must give her a go. But people who love her really love her. I mean, it's probably mainly women who read her, but uh, that wouldn't stop me. I like a good story. I don't care from a male, female point of view, if it's well told, I like it. I'm in, I'm in there. But, um, not into kind of body horror and stuff. I was talking to a friend who reads that kind of stuff. Not into that. I do like some David Cronenberg films, even though he's body horror, but, well, I like the artistry. He is a real artist, but yeah, the gory stuff, not quite for me. I'd be more psychological horror would be more my thing. Oh, The Others. Do you ever see that film? You did? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, spooky as hell. Really, that's the kind of horror I like now. But um, anyway, back to the... I'm trying not to be explicit here. Photographs of a certain part of the male anatomy. Let's use the initials DP, which probably means something else even ruder, knowing my look. I don't know, it sounds rude to me, but maybe I'm just imagining that. So, by the way, I'm bare-chested here on my treadmill. Just thought I'd throw that out there. 
just get it for a visual, speaking of aesthetics. And, uh, oh, not bad looking, if I say so myself. <laughs> I think I've lost a bit of weight from doing this. Anyway, there goes another car. Repeat, there goes another car. So, we're now on a roadway with the blue sky in front of us. This looks familiar. I hope I'm not repeating a bit. Uh, 3.08, I don't think I am. Well, um, I need to check something. There goes a cyclist, get a bell. They're on the other side of the road. So, uh, aesthetics of the DP. I was saying to my friend, she concurred, I think if you're going to send those as a method of communication, I think you should really get in a kind of lighting team and professional photographer. Like, maybe I should get into that. Maybe that's a whole line of photography. <laughs> God, that'd be a weird job, wouldn't it? Calling around, say, okay, we're here for the DP. Are you ready? Okay, we just uh, get some lights set up here. You just sit there and relax. And just uh, have a look at your Tinder pics or whatever and we'll get set up here. Okay, let's go for this. Bit of soft focus, maybe. I don't know. Some nice filters. Um, obviously, the angles again will be important. <sighs> maybe you could do it against the blue screen and put in all these exotic backgrounds. But I am wondering, yeah, did they exist in Jane Austen's day? I see all these cars and I can't hear them though. Hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Um, maybe they did, Mr. Darcy. I wish I could quote some lines now. And the only one I can remember, is it from, no, it's not Emma, it's that other one. Oh God, it's been made a million times, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, it is a truth, once it well observed, that a man in need of a blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what would my take on it be? Oh, we got to look it up. Uh, let's see, can I paraphrase it? Hold on a second. I think I'm going to use Google Assistant and I don't think it'll stop my video camera because that, that's on a different phone. I don't think, I've had catastrophes before. Let's see, let's go, go nuts here. Hey Google, first line from Pride and Prejudice, please. Okay, I hope you heard that. Um, so let's have a look. Uh, and let's, okay, let's read it again. See, can I paraphrase it? Um, sorry, I had a thought that I've completely lost. Okay, doesn't matter. So, oh, I can't see this too well. Bear with me. So on the fly, because this is how not crazy I am. I'm going to just... Well, let's see. It's a truth universally acknowledged. <laughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good DP must be in want of... Well, I'm trying to phrase that politely. Must be in want of... I'm not sure he's in want of a wife. Shall we say that? It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man 
No, it's a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a smartphone will sooner or later take a picture of his anatomy and send it to his prospective wife. Yeah. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? No. It doesn't. It's uh, Jane Austen. There goes the tractor. Hey, Buen Camino. And I can't hear a thing. Imagine that. I can hear the footsteps, but no traffic. But I have to say, big tractor fan, me. Regular listeners will know my second or third episode. I had a big chunk about tractors. About tractors as icons in Russian cinema. And the film by... Uh, oh... Uh, Medvedkin, in which the tractors, was it one tractor or loads of tractors, went nuts driving all over the country, which was actually a critique of the collective farms. I don't know. I, do, I think he managed to escape being locked up, but probably fell foul of the authorities at some stage. There's a film about him called The Last Bolshevik, for those interested. Um, back to the subject at hand. So, yeah. So, like, when was the first DP taken? I saw there was a comedy show on, I think it was BBC Four some years ago, called A History... Oh, there's another tractor. Oh, man. I'm digging the tractors. I was saying in another episode, BK is holding up his stick and pointing it in front of him like a lance. Um, here comes another car. So, I was saying, wouldn't it be cool to have a tractor? Like, maybe I should get one someday. I mean, see, what's the deal with driving them on the road? Because you get cheaper diesel for them, but if you're not using it for farming, is there some loophole? Surely someone would have discovered that loophole by now. I'd kind of like to have one. Preferably with no cab, which, not, which isn't allowed anymore, I think. On a nice day, just hop into, go into town on it. I know they're a bit loud, I'll give you that, but... As I was saying, I was just imagining a businessman in a suit, a briefcase, driving into work in a tractor with a Rolex watch. Yeah, that's... Uh, you don't see that much, do you? No, wonder why. They are kind of cool, though. Like... If you're going in the rush hour traffic, you're not going to be moving much anyway, so might as well take a tractor. I suppose the, the car park space would be kind of hard to fit into. So I'll get more water into me here. Um, so history of the first photograph a man took of a certain part of his anatomy uh, during the courtship of a lady. Uh, I must talk to some um, scholars of Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters and Charles Dickens and whatnot to see is there any mention of that in their books I think I have a feeling we'd know about it if there was but yeah it must have obviously there was a first time and yeah oh I was talking about the program I saw on BBC 4 TV called The History of the World Backwards let me put on the fan here. It's on high. Okay. And, oh, my phone just went. I thought I had it on mute. Let's see who that is. Could be my friend in America with whom I was chatting about this subject. 
<laughs> yeah, I just told her I'm going to be, might be talking about this, and uh, I know lots of people in America, so don't worry. Anyway, better mute my phone, actually. So in that show, The History of the World Backwards, they, it told history backwards, so it started with the start of history was all modern technology, and then it went backwards, and all the technology was destroyed, and then eventually we end up with nothing. And uh, but they had a scene of the invention of the first telephone, and in the scene it was all black and white, and these old guys in beards. And I think like it was only there was two telephones in the whole world at this stage, you know. And one of the guys bends down and talks into them microphone and says well he just says something kind of rude there was a woman on the other end and they're saying you know shortly after the invention of the first telephone came the first dirty phone call so <laughs> I'm wondering when the first DP was did it like maybe it's not Edison is it who invented the oh my god W. Talbot or something, I don't know. There's a few people involved, was there, in inventing photography. They had the camera obscura. That was the first camera. And uh, that, like, just had a pinprick instead of a lens. And to take a picture of something, you needed a really long exposure, like, <laughs> exposure, that's quite relevant to the topic at hand. <laughs> needed a long exposure to take the picture. So I don't think that would be suited. Putting my speed up here, I need to get some heart points going on here. I don't think a long exposure, if you pardon the pun, would suit, be ideally suited to the type of photograph in question. So we can rule out the camera obscura. Like there's camera obscura and then there's pinhole camera. Are they not the same thing, though? Mm. Camera Obscura had a big room, like, to take the picture. So anyway, eventually they had lenses, and then they had, you know, the different film technologies, and I guess we'll never know. I'm just realizing the first time I came across the concept of the DP was when I was on holidays in Italy and I met an Australian guy. This was in the days when um, people would bring film cameras with them, either the disposable ones or an actual film camera. You load it up with film and take pictures. But one of the women who was, there was a group of us in a hostel. Oh yeah, in a place called Ajerala, God. I had an adventure getting there, you know? Might talk about that today. i speed down a little bit. Ended up there with this American guy I met along the way. Ah, oh, that was great. Yeah, from Napoli to Ejerela. Ended up going back there at least once since. Lovely little hostel there high on the Amalfi Coast. But, yeah, I'll tell that story, but let's just wrap up the current train of thought. Oh yeah, so one of the guys took a camera from one of the English women who didn't know this and went to the bathroom and took a picture of a certain part of his anatomy. Apparently that's the thing people do. 
and then she'd be shocked and horrified or whatever and she developed the pictures um yeah i don't know that's kind of worse than doing it on tinder at least on tinder i didn't even know that was a thing like who who invented that one yeah that's kind of aggressive i think again I, you know the photograph shops i wonder do they throw them out the developers. See, in the old days, kids, we had to develop pictures. <laughs> kids. I hope there's no kids listening. By kids, I mean anyone under 40. <laughs> um, I mean, I know people now who have no concept of wind-up watches. Or, you know, they don't even realize Rolexes don't have batteries. Yeah. Anyway, you can live without that piece of knowledge, you know perfectly fine um, we've gone off the main road we're on a narrow lane now on the way from Los Arcos to Logroño I don't think I have anything more to say about these DPs but we'll see I'm going to tell the story about the time I was in Italy I could have told it here before I reckon I've only got 11 anecdotes anyway so I'm on repeat at this stage. That's okay. That's okay. You either love it so much you want to hear it again, or you've, you're only dipping in for the first time, thinking, what's this idiot on about? How many people listen to the whole thing? Not many, I, I, one would imagine. Who knows? Give it time, give it time, James. So I was, uh, I was in Italy, when I was around, went two years in a row. One of them I was maybe 29, another I was 30. I do remember actually, yeah, hitting 30 in Assisi. What a great place to hit 30. Home of anyone? Anyone? Correct. St. Francis of Assisi. Um, I don't think he would care about being a saint. I don't think that was his bag at all. Interesting character. Any of those saints who were into animals, I always dug those guys at school. There was St. Francis and I think St. Kevin in Ireland, wasn't there? St. Bridget. You know the story of her rich father and there was a hungry dog and she threw him steak and somehow another piece of steak miraculously appeared in the frying pan. Not sure how true that is, but... Just the fact she cared for the hungry dog. Oh, I'm just soppy when it comes to animals. My little cat Bessie is doing well, by the way. Her, she had a little part of her ear removed, had to be done for her growth. And she's back to normal and not scared of me after that awful fight we had putting her in the cage. She's perfect now, isn't that great? So um, let's go down to 4.4 here for a second. Uh, where was I? So today is Tuesday. Yeah, I, I have to do 150 hard points within the week, which is, that's 150 minutes going over three miles an hour or something. It should be okay. Um, so I was in Italy, okay, age 29. Oh my God, that's 20 years ago. 
Yeah, I think it was that time I went into railing, did a bit of Italy, Greece, Turkey, and then home. Oops. I need to scratch my ear, but I'm really afraid to touch these headphones. Okay, I did it. Every time I do it, it stops the video. So I, um, I was in, so I ended up in Napoli. I've probably told it before. I do remember I was in, where did I meet the American guy? I can't remember his name. He was younger than me. He spoke Spanish, which helped him a lot with the Italian. And, uh, but we met somewhere. I must have met in Napoli, I'm thinking. And, no, I think we met on a train. Oh, it's a good story. So, but before that, I was in, or after, I don't know. Actually, maybe that's the next year. Anyway, I was in Napoli, near the train station. Napoli is known for pickpockets and all that. And of course, most towns near the train station is often, seems to me, to be the dodgy part of town, doesn't it? That's, it's not just my opinion, that's a thing, right? So, the young English guy chatting, this Italian guy, Napoli's guy, and two young women. Like I say young, I... Not sure if, I don't think they were underage, but they were young anyway. I mean, I don't think they were that much younger than the English guy, but I just knew the man and the two young women were chatting to this English guy. And it was obvious to me, they, it was a kind of honey trap or something. BK is stopping, checking his bearings. Okay. Every time he stops, I still hear the sound of moving. It must be the person behind him. God, I'm so interesting, am not I? Everything I say is interesting. So, let's get some more water into me. I remember just somehow overhearing him speaking English and I got, got chatting to the guy. And I should have just said to him. I could see that look in his eyes where he just was tempted, but, you know, confused at the same time. There was some sort of ruse going on. I should have just said to him, hey, thrown some dollars on the table or lira or whatever and said, come on, let's get you out of here. <laughs> he might have thought I was part of the ruse then. <laughs> yeah, if I did that, it's a good chance he would have been more scared than me. But no, the fact... I wasn't local, I was obviously a tourist. I should have said something. I, I often, do you ever have moments like that in life where you look back and say, I wish I did something or said something? Moments when I was maybe more cowardly than I am now, I'm braver now. By braver, I don't mean stupid either though, but just braver, more courageous. Um, so, yeah, but on one of these trips, it was the, interrailing trip. I met, I think I met the American guy. Were we staying in the same hostel and we ended up going to, um, maybe we met on a train. No, anyway, ended up going to, um, maybe we met on the train to, what's that place? Pompeii. <laughs> what's that place? <laughs> As if it's just anywhere. Jesus, what do you call it now? What's, what's the name of that place again? Pompeii, is it? That's the one. 
which didn't blow me as way as much away as I thought it would. But that's often when your expectations are too high. I said it here before. I thought the bodies would be lying all over the place. They weren't. You know, you'd be stepping over them and everything. That would be kind of dramatic. But no, it's a bit more sanitized. But I do find it hard often in places like that to relate. Some people get a great sense of the past and history when they're there. It doesn't rarely happens me. And I certainly can't call it up just like that, you know. So we ended up going to Pompeii. Yeah, I've told the story before. Okay. Hey, if you don't like it, get out. Okay. And uh, we met these nice English ladies there. And um, so, and then we got, went back to our hostels. We were staying in the same hostel and we both said, oh, they said, were the English, there was English ladies, there was an Australian guy. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I had met the Australian guy before, Dean in Florence. And he popped up later in a journal. I love, that's the great thing when you're on these trails. Kind of like the Camino. It's more of a surprise than when you're just traveling around Europe and people pop up again. Uh, anyway, so both of us kind of liked the two English ladies. There was a lot to like. Smart, attractive, etc. Fun. And uh, we were, and they had said, come on out to Azurla. And we were saying, yeah, yeah, we might, we might. So then we hatched the plan. We went back to the hostel and I think we both said, or I said anyway, no, I think he had checked out, but I was still checked in. I said my, I'd been pickpocketed, which is believable enough in Napoli, and I had no money left, and I, I couldn't pay them, and I had to, you know, get out. Anyway, I got my stuff back off them. We both hopped on a train towards Castellamare, I believe, but, and I remember we bought... Was it something like three bottles of wine for a tenner? Something ridiculous. No, we didn't drink them all on that train journey, but we drank at least one. It's a nice memory, actually. When I look back, you know, when you go on holiday and you meet someone, and honestly, obviously, you know, male, female, my preference, I suppose, would be female in terms of if it's, you know, there's chemistry, but whatever, but actually just meeting someone. And in a way, when you meet a guy and, you know, if you're both straight or whatever, there's no, there's none of that stuff. Although there's a, there's a kind of suspicion amongst men often, isn't there? Like, you know, if you go up to a guy, hey, I just want to hang out with you. I don't know, guys don't do that, you know, I just want to hang out and chill, I enjoy chatting to you, we go for a pint. I mean, guys end up doing that, but you can't just, <laughs> it's just not the done thing, you know? Hey, I was looking at you from afar there and listening to you and I thought, hey, I thought you were an interesting guy. <laughs> no, we don't really roll like that. I presume women don't either, but guys would be quite kind of buttoned up, I suppose, but anyway. I do remember just being on that train with him, drinking wine, being young. Damn it. Yes, 29 is young. Oh, I have so much nostalgia, or nostalgia, as they say in Russia, for my youth, and actually, in particular, my time in Russia. I'm surprised 
Here's BK's friend again. Every so often, she pops up in front of him. Um, so, I'm surprised I don't talk more about Moscow, but it's one of those things. Like, if I talk about, say, one of my favorite films, Wings of Desire, I tried to write something about it once for a radio thing, radio program in Ireland, Sunday Miscellany. I'd written for it before. And I should try again. I just hit a blank because some things that are too close to my heart, I almost find it hard to write or talk about. Russia, that overwhelming nostalgia, I feel, especially I mentioned on day one, my friend Danko, God rest his soul. He's the first and only person that I actually knew who died from COVID. And I wasn't in touch, but uh, that I was overwhelmed with sadness and also nostalgia, or nostalgia, I like saying it in Russian. There's a Tarkovsky film called Nostalgia, which he wrote when he was in and filmed in exile, wasn't it, in Italy? I guess he had a lot of nostalgia for Russia then, for the Soviet Union, as they called it back then. His father was a poet. That's about all I know. Thought I'd just throw that out there. Got this red brick building on the right here. What is it? With a chimney. Is it, is it houses? I don't know what I'm looking at here. Must be housing there. Why did I, I thought crematorium when I saw the chimney, which is a silly thought. Uh, no, it's just a red wall now. I think there's houses on the other side. God, it's beginning to feel familiar. Or is it? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Where was I? Nostalgia, Russia. So the trip to Pompeii. And we met the English women who were in, with some others, who were in, um, told us about Ajurala, this nice little town, off the beaten track a little, up high in the hills above, above Amalfi. What a great part of Italy. Ah, oh, I'm telling you. Sophia Loren has a place there, I think, in Amalfi. But Ajurala is higher up. And to get there, you have to go over mountains and stuff. So, <clears throat> <clears throat> we're walking. We're walking here. No, we're not walking. We're, we're on the train, anyway, to Castanamara. I think, on, en route to Ejirala. Cracked open a bottle of wine, had a great chat, then eventually got to another train station. And then, it, I, at some stage, it was getting dark, and we didn't quite know where we are going. And, but we figure out, somehow, we're at the base of a mountain, and Ajurala is halfway up the mountain. Okay, you with me? Uh-huh, capiche? Okay, we're coming up to a road again. So we, uh, let's just get some more water here. I don't know why I keep skipping days on this, because once I get started, I'm fine, but that's like, it's the same with writing, it's just everything. Discipline, you know? When you're on the Camino, you just kind of have to start, that's it and that's easier in a way. <clears throat> but I'm, uh, so we get to this place and we meet these guys who, typically me, happen to be smoking some herbal substance or other. 
give us a little bit of it. You can imagine, on top of the vino, we were like, oh, this is nice. Then they started, they gave us a phone number to phone. We were telling them we're trying to get to Ajurla and well, the American guy was speaking Spanish to them, I think, which was better than speaking English and they were answering in Italian. But they were saying, they gave us a number and they were saying, Loro Shindere Ejerla or something. Which I later found out, that means they will drive you. Phone them, they will drive you to Ejerla. But all I heard is Loro, I thought they were saying Laura. And I was thinking, oh, that's nice. It was a taxi number they were giving us, but I thought, oh, their friend Laura is going to drive us to Ejerla. Uh, oh, I wonder, is she nice? I wonder, is she pretty? I'm so dumb. <laughs> and I was saying it to the American guy, yeah, I think Laura's going to drive us because they were miming Shindere or something for driving. So I, I always think I understand people, no matter what language they're speaking, you know? I've had languages, you know, conversations with people and they're speaking a totally different language. And, but I feel like I understand them. I just invent a story in my head and go, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they're saying. So Laura will drive us to Ejerala. But next thing, anyway, then the American dude is saying, no, no, that's it's a taxi. That's, that would have been expensive. Next thing, there's a train pulling out, and they just start shouting at us, hey, get on that train. So we ran after it, jumped on. So it was a kind of local train, I think, you know, but wherever it dropped us, turned out we were still at the bottom of the mountain, just on the other side of the mountain from Ajurila. So we started hitching, managed to write a sign somehow, Ajurila, por favor, isn't that it in Spanish? Imagine I did the Camino and I'm questioning, is that Spanish or Italian? Yeah. Anyway, we put a Gerola on it. And actually, luckily enough, there was a while where I thought we're going to be sleeping rough here. But we'd have managed. I've done it before. Hola, buen Camino. He's talking to someone there. And, uh, and uh, a guy came along. Turned out he lived in a Gerola, like just... He had a cafe just around the corner from the hostel. So we end up arriving around, I'm going to say midnight, because that sounds dramatic, but it might have been 11 p.m., but it was late. Come in, there is the English ladies and a few others. Oh, my God, you made it. And Dean, the Australian, whom I'd met elsewhere, pops up. So don't trust this fella or something, he says. Oh, my God, you made it. But... Have I come to the end of the story? Oh my God. I always start these stories thinking they're gonna be great. And then I realize from an outside, for an outside observer, it's not that great. It's great for me because I have the nostalgia, the nostalgia. Oh yeah, that's the place where I met the guy who took the photograph of a certain part of his anatomy on one of the English women's cameras. Did I tell the girls after the English ladies? I may have, actually. Anyway, I'm sure they survived, but it's certainly, that's definitely cruder than doing it on a dating site, I think. But my friend was telling me, one guy she was talking to was kind of, you know, 
sending increasingly provocative pictures and she said, oh, something like, I see where this is going, but don't go there. But then he went there anyway. That's really crossing the line. And then he's saying he's looking for relationship. Doesn't sound like it to me, but who am I to say? And uh, I'm certainly no saint. I'm not saying there's even anything wrong, but it's just if you're pretending to be looking for one thing, but looking for something else. If you're looking for that, be honest about it. That's what I say. Um, that's on online dating. It's a vulnerable place for everybody to some degree, and honesty is the best. Now we're in. We've arrived in. I presume it's Vienna. So what can I say about it? Apartment blocks on the right. Modern kind of looking. It's not, doesn't look very touristy. And uh, I've got 20 minutes to go about, haven't I? Yeah, 19 minutes. Okay. Let's have a water break. So that's my Ejerala story. Oh, another story. So one of the English women I met there, she was, um, she grew up in England. Her father was English or Irish, English, I think. And her mother was originally from um, the African continent. Not sure which country. The, the, re the important takeaway from this story is she wasn't a native English speaker. Buen Camino. Just saw a pilgrim there going the other way. Um, she wasn't a native English speaker and wasn't familiar with the idioms. And BK's yeah, friend. Yeah, 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 I know. I, oh, uh, I have a logic privilege. Yeah, no left arm. Yeah. Left arm is. Hi, yeah. High five. High five. I don't have money. Who's he talking to? Okay. Yeah, I had Korean friends in Russia. Uh, oh Hang Jong and Che Hung. Jae-hung, I found it really hard to understand what he was saying. And we used to speak Russian together, which probably made it harder. Hola. Uh, Hola, buen camino. Hi, I'm looking for bar. Yeah, okay. say <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. See you. Oh, she's left him. So she was walking behind him all the way, and now she's gone. Okay. Anyway. Um, he's laughing. Hola, buen camino. Um, oh, Han Jean said to me she couldn't understand Jae-hung when he spoke Korean, so, so I guess it wasn't just me. Uh, I liked the Korean food that she used to make. I don't know what happened to her. We lost track of her completely. Um, she visited me once in Ireland. Buen camino. Hola. Buen camino. Hola. And, uh, so where is BK going? Because he's meant to finish. Maybe she was going to a hostel and he's continuing on to Lagronia. That must be it. Looking for an arrow to follow. All these people sitting out in the street. Hola. Oh, I love that on the continent. It's just, it's not the same in Ireland, you know. You see, some people sit out in the street in Ireland when it's not even that warm. 
There's a breeze and that's like, no, not my scene. Although if it's really hot, sometimes I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. we've dissolved in time. BK has something to eat. They're telling to enjoy his walk. And uh, yeah, cool air conditioned room can be nice too. But my favorite thing at the end of each day on the Camino was taking off my boots, which were heavy, but they were good boots. I didn't get blisters and they were good on the rough surfaces. And putting on these sandals that I'm wearing now, these just, you know, light rubbery ones, you just pull them onto your feet. They just fit neatly on your feet. And ah, oh, it's a lovely feeling. And having a cold beer. Ah, that's Bass. That's an old um, TV ad for Bass Lager. What's the one, the Harp one? Harp Lager. Sally O'Brien and the way she might look at you. I did a re-edit of that, actually. I put it... I think I have it on YouTube where my Caminos are. But I just re-edited it to make it look like ha he had like 12 pints of Harp in one night instead of like three or something. Cause he kept going, oh, and the pint of harp. So I just, every second line was on the pint of harp and the pint of harp. And then I slowed down his voice at the end. It was quite hilarious. That's what people are saying anyway. Many people are saying, it's the funniest thing ever. Modesty prevents me from expressing an opinion on that. Okay. Let's have a look at my... Oh, I'll read you some notes now from my diary because... Oops, just hit the mic there. Let's see, Camino Journal. So, day four. So this is, this is pre-Estella. This is before where we are now. Knees killing me. Email from the woman who fell. I won't say her name, the woman who collapsed, still alive. Steffi and Jess give me knee medicine. Beautiful cats everywhere. Prayer for today, dear God, send me an effing stick. Oh yeah, I've read this already. That was a mini miracle. Up pops Rita from British Columbia and shares a stick with me. I'm trying to hum. Oops, Twilight Zone there. The reference will be lost on my younger listeners, I dare say. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Let's go forward a bit. So I met El Elvia, which means, which translates as the way, so it's similar meaning to Camino from Mexico. I told you the story about her and her husband did a Camino together. She got injured, went back home, divorced, got back together, remarried. It turned out the divorce was wasn't legally correct anyway. Ended up back together. She did the Camino France, the one I did, and he did Camino Norte, which was harder. And I met her on that. And then she was homesick and he quit, took a break from his Camino, met her in a hotel somewhere and went back and finished it. Isn't that a lovely story? Come on. Yeah, of course it is. True love does exist sometimes. But the path of true love is never easy, right? Isn't that what they say? So, uh, looking at my notes here. Meet St. Mark again. Oh, that's the... Uh, yeah, Mark from New Zealand. I call him St. Mark here. 
So I talked about, so this is still the day where I met. So yeah, hold on, my day, oh, I don't, I've lost track of days here. But when I was walking from Los Arcos to La as people will know I met Julia from Roma at the start and then lost her. Then the big question is, will I meet her again in Logronia? And, uh, but I met Mark along the way. I also met a woman called Paige from Seattle. Uh, later than this, I think. Uh, maybe not. I think I was walking through a vineyard when I met her. Uh, la, 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 la. What else do we have? Yeah, nothing else. Oh, I met sullen Polish Anna from Poland. I first met her in Espinal. She thought I stole her socks. She was, or a sock, she was missing a sock. And I was at the time with, I'd arrived with the Irish woman, Ashley, after our first day, which was kind of traumatic, you know, 32 kilometers, including going over the Pyrenees, rescuing an English woman on the way. And uh, then we had a meal, some wine and, Anyway, the Polish lady was looking for a sock. Then I was joking, oh, look at this lovely square here. Now I remember this on the right, I think. Oh, continental Europe is so nice. Oh, I think I want to live there. I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my Ireland, <laughs> the rest of my life in the west of Ireland. After my book is published, I'll be chased out of town anyway. Because I have fun with the idea of Galway as an artistic haven. I, I have a suggestion that it's more alcoholic than artistic. Of course, I'm just having some fun with the idea, but uh, I may have to leave, be chased out with, you know, uh, lynch mob with torches. That'll be kind of exciting. That'll be. That would put me on the map. I'd be Galway's answer to Salman Rushdie. The mayor will issue a fatwa on me or something. So nice narrow street here, lots of ca outdoor cafe, ca people sitting outside cafes. <sighs> See, that's, I'm more cut out for that, sitting outside cafes than walking. Anyway, we'll get there, we'll get there in the end. Um, so what else was I saying? Oh, the Polish woman. Yeah, I was joking with Ashley in there. <laughs> when she'd go away, I'd say, oh yeah, I took her sock, I took her sock. Speaking in some generic rural Irish accent. And then she was, I think you took my sock. Oh, I, it sounds mean, I know. I was just, honestly, had a crazy day. I was just having fun, but I met her then again in Los Arcos and had a chat with her and that was nice to her. Just coming past the lovely church on the left. Oh, beautiful old walls. I love all that stuff. What's not to like, right? Um, so that's enough of my notes. Okay, so the DP topic. I think I've done what I can with that. And uh, might revisit it later. Uh, let's see. It's enough from my diary. Topics. Samim. Could I talk about him, I wonder? Let's see. Oh, Afterlife, the film, not the so allegedly deep 
Ricky Gervais effort. The fact that that passes for deep says a lot about the times we live in. But as my friend Kieran said, he was talking about... What film were we talking about? And the reviewer said, well, oh, look at this, we're going under an arch. It's one of those arches, and on top of it, there's a statue of a saint in a glass window, you know, those kind of things. So BK's looking around, hope he knows where he's going. We're in a kind of modern part of the town, not much to say, really, about it. Um, where was I? Samim, my friend in Russia, yeah, but I was going to talk about something totally different. <sighs> Every time I go through an arch, my brain just resets completely. Oh, afterlife. And Kiron was talking about another film, and someone said, Oh, Joker. Oh, man. If you think a glass of water is a swimming pool, then you'll think this film is deep. Yep, I concur completely. Oh, my God, it bored the... It bored the proverbials off me, shall we say. So, um, anyway... Onwards, I was thinking of doing two sessions tonight. No, it's after 10 now, I'm not gonna do two. Wanna do some more writing anyway. Now, 3.53. Oh, the interesting thing is, so in seven minutes I'll be finished, but the problem is, I then have an hour and 30 minutes to go. <sighs> Whatever will I do? I will, I see, I could go 15 minutes more now, but the episodes are long enough at an hour each. The next two could be 2.45s. No, I can't do that. Damn it, I'm going 15 minutes extra. Am I? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. I might go five extra. Samim, my friend from Palestine, whom I met in Russia when I studied there in film school in 92 to 93. That seems so long ago. It is so long ago. 30 years. Oh, is it? Oh my God, it is. 92. Oh my God, 30 years. Oh. It's just, right now, that's making me sad, genuinely, that thought. But that's life. It feels like a blur. I know they say youth is wasted on the young, but I feel much more alive and present nowadays. And connected, you know? I think for a long time I was disassociated, but maybe that's an illusion I have now. But no, I think I was. I didn't even know that word back then. But I suffered more when I was younger, you know, and a lot of it was self, like a lot of suffering, you know, self-imposed, it's, a lot of it's in the mind. I'm not gonna say all of it, but it, certainly the mind is a factor in suffering. Um, and now I just, when I think about Russia, as I said, nostalgia, nostalgia. I did write 
half of a young adult book set in the Soviet Union. Inspired maybe by that nostalgia, but I, I parked it. I could see myself revisiting it. But I have other books. We'll see. I'm on the current one. Started off as a romantic comedy, and now it seems to be about people, a burnt out TV editor. And it ends up now, there's, going to, there's three male Irish characters who are all in some way burnt out from the TV and film business. And uh, certainly I know enough people like that. And I was talking to someone the other day, she hurt her back filming lots of, you know, shooter, director and lots of crappy fact and and fact TV, whatever they call it, factual entertainment, you know, paid peanuts. That's one thing she was rolling down the snow on her back filming something and carrying heavy gear and everything. And honestly, once you're done, they throw you on the dust heap. I'm not being melodramatic here. It's true, you know. And uh, that's kind of coming out in the book, but it is also a comedy. <laughs> so, and I'm not forcing that theme on it, but, but yeah, I'm going with it for the moment. So now we're going down a kind of laneway here. Red brick on the right, kind of just wasteland, sort of to the left, it's rubbery, but nothing too exotic looking. And, uh, Will I go a bit more than an hour? I will. I might just go five minutes more. Or will I even bother? Because I could maybe tomorrow I should just do two 45s. Maybe I should just finish up now. Let's do that. Okay. No, I won't. <laughs> Lordy. I can't believe I'm leaving these unedited, I know. You're thinking, God, I could do with a bit of editing. Hey, welcome to my head is all I can say. My head could use a bit of editing. Now we're turning around, turning right. Sun to our left, that's certainly better than to our right. And a, bit of a little bit of shade, bird song, no people. I have nothing left to say. I was going to talk about Samim, Palestinian friend in Russia. He probably needs a whole episode to himself. The problem is, to quote him without being explicit is almost impossible. I still left one bad word in one of my episodes, and I couldn't find it to beep out. So, uh, what, can, what can you do? Them's the breaks. So, uh... At some stage, there will be an airport to our right, will there? Or am I, I'm thinking of coming into, no, Burgos, I think, yeah. My favorite city was Leon. Burgos was nice, but I ended up staying in a sort of more financial district, and I got, as soon as I stopped, I got a cold chest, cold, chest infection, actually. But then, Leon, I ended up staying in a hotel that was a converted monastery and took, you know, a rest day, and yeah, that was lovely. Oh, God, that was lovely. In the old city. Now we're coming up to these gates. He's looking at these gates. I'm 
Okay, and onwards, Christian soldiers. Okay, I think I've hit an hour, have I? I have gone. Just hit an hour now. And I have one hour 30 minutes left. Yeah. You know what I'm going on? I'm doing another 10 minutes or so. Has to be done. I need to get ahead on my Camino. So, sorry for the giving you the false hope, but the penance continues through Catholic fashion. We must suffer to arrive at our heart's desire or something like that. So, uh, I suppose I better think of something to say. Can I talk about Samim? Oh, that year in Russia. There was a few Irish people we went over through an agent. And then we met Samim from Palestine, Anders from Sweden. A little bit of a clash there, maybe with those personality clash. So Samim, you know, I really can't quote him. He was always swearing. But he, set, he sets up in a room with one of the Irish guys and puts up a Hezbollah flag or something. Uh, he was being provocative, though. He buys a gun, rich kid, bought a gun in the black market. So, <laughs> yeah, one Christmas, we were like, uh, the Irish group said, let's get a Christmas tree and get organized, do it. We ended up holding a Christmas party for a load of people, it was great. And, uh, but anyway, we said, okay, we'll go into the Centralny Market, or whatever they call it, Central Market, to buy a Christmas tree. And Samim was there, hey, I come with you, I come with you. And we're like, hey, but you don't, what do you care about Christmas? Hey, I'm a Catholic mother. I, see, I can't quote him without the swears. I'm a Catholic mother, beep. <laughs> After all his Hezbollah talk. So, and he's packing his gun to buy a Christmas tree, as you do. But that was a great Christmas party we had. Samim, yeah, I remember I was thinking about this the other day. Oh man, we had some parties over there. Like, beer was something like five cents a bottle. Five dollar cents a bottle. Vodka was less than a dollar a bottle. Um, you know, you can imagine. He had one party, he had a whole bucket full of walnuts and a hundred bottles of beer, he said. And there was also, also other Herbal substances were cheap as well, like a glass full of a certain substance for $3. I mean, you know, like a whiskey glass kind of size. That's pretty cheap. And, uh, yeah, I remember at that party, he's just saying, we're not leaving this room until we drink every bottle of beer. <laughs> and then, uh, I know, it doesn't sound funny when you hear it. Uh, as I said, nostalgia, nostalgia, you know? I got it bad. Um, but what was I gonna say about him? Good story. We're there at a party. There's a beautiful Arab woman to my left, Lebanese, and he's like, oh, you see her, huh? She's got the uh, dark skin and the black eyes. And I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> innocent little white Irishman. 
she got the, she's beautiful, no? I'm like, oh, yes, Mim, she's beautiful. I was still uh, probably intimidated by him. <laughs> she's beautiful, no? Yes, Mim, she is. So he goes on elaborating about how beautiful she is, you know, with the uh, dark skin, the, bra the black eyes. And, uh, and then eventually, and I'm totally concurring with him, not under duress. I'm like, yeah, she really it was beautiful. And then he goes, uh, and you, he looks at me, and you, and he just starts laughing. What, a, what an asshole. But I don't know. We were off our heads, possibly, and I found it. <laughs> I find it amusing, huh? And he's just like, look, you with your, uh, your white skin, the uh, green eyes. I don't like this, you know? <laughs> I'm making him sound like an asshole, but you'd have to understand if you knew the guy. It was part of his persona, and he was also very lovable as well. I have a tape of him on his last day in Russia. He came up with some prime quotes on that. But um, what else about Samim? I, I have something else lined up to say. No, I, oh yeah, he showed up. I Googled him recently and found an article about him. He's running a pub somewhere in, not Gaza now, somewhere in Palestine, but in the, um, not, I'm not sure. But he has a mixture of Arab and Israeli Jewish and Arab, I think, um, customers. But the guy who interviewed him said he took, it's like interviewing someone from a mafia movie or something. But I, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I tried to send him a message. No answer. My friend Dennis tried as well, so looks like we're persona non grata. Do you know something? If I'm ever in that neck of the woods, I'm going to track down his bar. We talked about making a movie together after college, but you know, people talk about that stuff and then you end up, as an English guy said to me once at 3 a.m. in Soho or somewhere in the center of London, says, you go to film school because you want to make movies and somewhere along the line, you end up pushing buttons at four in the morning. So that's, that's what happened. Uh, let's see, time-wise, 4.06, okay. I'm about to hit 4.8 kilometers. I might as well go to five kilometers. Mm -hmm. So I might as well. Samim Bishara. I'd love to meet him again. Anders Banka, with whom we studied, now is a well-known filmmaker in Russia making like horror films, I think, which was always his thing, or action horror or something. Fair juice to him. I guess he's technically the most successful of us. At this point in time, I hasten to add, I'm uh, working on changing that. <laughs> I used to be really driven by the idea of success. Not as much so now, but I still have an ambition. Like, I want my book to be successful both critically and commercially. They're both important. The commercial is important too because I'd love to make a living writing, you know? But yeah, I think I'm moving towards 
like the editing now, yeah, at my day job is fine and it pays the bills. It's, I'm not, the idea of being big shot movie editor, it's almost a contradiction in terms. Nobody cares about the editors, they really don't. If you find a nice director to work with, great. But there's a lot of slog and often you're just nurturing directors with, with fragile egos, allegedly. <laughs> Between my treadmill and my book, if they ever see the light of day, I'm safely talking myself out of future employment as an editor. Good, which is good. We're coming under a tunnel here. We're coming under a tunnel with graffiti. Okay, and light at the end of the tunnel. What does that graffiti say? I'm not sure. Okay. And we're coming out the other end. Still got a lovely blue sky. I'm gonna be hitting 5K any minute, 4.08. I'm going a little longer. I'm going to go, yeah, a few more minutes if you can bear with me. So, Samim Bishara, Andres Banka. Ah, yeah, my friend Dennis was there too. He stayed a good few years. Shane, Peter, Fionn, uh, Anne, and Claire, they were on a fashion course there or the design the costume design part of the film school so they weren't in class with us and uh, it was quite an experience I could tell you about the time the Irish we were invited to the um, uh, Irish embassy I think it was St. Patrick's Day it was certainly an Irish celebration and we the Irish students from that college college was called Vigeek we were invited uh, Let's just say we were never invited again. <laughs> oh God, I think I talked about it before. We, we invited, we brought in a couple of Serbian friends who were in the whole socio-political climate at the time, would have been persona, considered persona non grata, I think. But we were also just helping ourselves to huge measures of Baileys and, smoking cigarettes and oh, I'm ashamed to say putting them out on the ground now I think it was like it wasn't carpet I'm not that ignorant but it was maybe you know marble the ambassador had a word with us but then one of our friends our Irish guys who was had a chip on his shoulder about pretty much everything about the bourgeoisie and all that oh you know these middle class kids what they're like when they get a few drinks in them anyway <laughs> apparently went up to the ambassador's wife and called her something rude, starting with mother. And then she came up to us and said, your friend just called me a mother beep. And I think you agree with him. She was kind of German or something. We were like, no, 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 we don't think that at all. And then they let us stay. He was escorted out by security. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I say, never invited back. I wonder why. God, I love all those stories, though. I wasn't really a bad boy. I wasn't like, oh, Buen Camino. Lovely tractor there. Lovely red tractor. I, uh, I didn't have the build to be a bad boy, you know? But 
I wasn't totally well behaved and I'm glad I wasn't. I think less chance of having a midlife crisis, you know. Wouldn't I have had it by now? I think I had mine when I was 13 or something. So, no, life is good, life is great. And I'm gonna wrap up, let's see how we're doing time-wise, 4.12. So the next one will be about an hour and 20, a bit less. And I'm coming up to, da -da -da. Da -da -da. 5.2 kilometers at my end. And it is 10.30 p.m. here. Okay, so here in Galway, Ireland. I'm gonna wrap it up, I think. As soon as I hit 5.2 kilometers, which is only second now. And 4.12, okay, I'm gonna go to 4.15. Three more minutes, can you hang in there with me? Would be much appreciated. Let's go down to four kilometers an hour. Oh, that's nicer. Let's get some water into me. My father said he heard a guy on the radio phoned into some show and Ryan Tuberty or something and said, I'm always happy. I don't know why people are complaining. I'm always happy. And I said to my father, well, I am too. But of course, he didn't hear me. <laughs> and he said, isn't it a great way to be? I said, yes, it is. And then I quoted Anthony Hopkins. I expect nothing and I accept everything. Now, do I always live up to that? No, but it's only in recent times I seem to have arrived at this position. And of course at times it's challenged, but I do try to remind myself that stop expecting, start accepting. And I do it more and more anyway. And then when I stop doing it, I remind myself. So we're here on roadway. It's not a narrow road heading. Now there are vineyards to the right, maybe the le and the left, I think. So we're coming into Rioja district. I used to think that just meant red wine. That's how stupid I am. And uh, what are we doing? We're nearly at. 4.15 and that it would be perfect time to end yeah perfect time to end so 30 seconds to go stay with me bear with me you could miss something that could change your life forever so just any second now a profound insight is gonna come I think <laughs> I'm glad I did this session now. And looking forward to going to bed, maybe write a little bit. So, and hopefully, I gotta do one first thing in the morning. Easter weekend coming up. I'll try and do a few over that period. And I've nothing else to say about men photographing parts of their anatomy other than I don't think it's gonna go away anytime soon. But uh, surely we can find better ways to communicate. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Okay. So, um, good luck, God bless, and buen camino.